The following is brought to you in association with and from a proud partner of the Shining Wizards Network. Entertainment here. This is Radioactive Metal, your source for news, views, tunes, and interviews. Here are your hosts, Snowy, Rock, Kareen, and Aaron. What's up, everyone? Welcome to a, a venomous, yeah, let's go with that, episode of Radioactive Metal. This is episode 771, and I'm Snowy White. And this is Aaron, and dear listeners, this episode is brought to you by the fine folks at True Cult Coffee, and this episode is what mm. True Cult Coffee is all about, the uh-huh. blackest darkest depths of hell and a great cup of coffee right <laughs> so head out to true gold coffee t-r-v-e-k-v-l-t coffee.com go out there order some coffee get on the mailing list at the very least i i'm really talking about the mailing list because you're gonna miss shit if you're not on it right because there's always something going on there's always some new collaboration or something happening there and you don't want to miss it especially if you love coffee right and when you support mm-hmm. true Cold coffee you're not supporting some ceo you are supporting a dude who is taking care of his family of 37 children yeah they just seem to keep multiplying over yeah. there yeah i'm honestly not sure how many he's up to anymore <laughs> but just like like you know every time i blink it's like oh that's another baby wow. yeah you know i i love it when friends and family have lots of kids because it's not in my house well i know being an uncle's really yeah, yeah uh-huh yeah. Yeah. yeah i i go and visit my friends with kids i spoil the kids fill them full of sugar and then i go home to my quiet clean house <laughs> So, do your your brothers and sisters have kids? Brother and sister. My brother does. Okay, so does yeah. Did you ever get crap for like Snowy? What are you doing with those kids? Uh, no, no, not really. Um, because they have a lot of the same interests as I do, you know, and they really never learned it from me. So oh, anything, well, that's good. you know, like. Like one of my nephews is big on pro wrestling. Actually, both my nephews big on pro wrestling, but they never got it from me because they were WWF fans. Well, and see, I would never talk to anyone about the WWF outside of when I have to on our sister podcast. Gotcha, gotcha. See, right. my my sister um, would get all worked up 
because I would, you know, teach the kids how to do dangerous things. I did when <laughs> I was a kid, you know, like, like we're on bicycles. I'm like, okay, let, let me teach you how to build a ramp. And then I'm going to teach you how to go off the ramp. And my sister comes over and she's freaking out. Like, what are you doing? I'm like, what? Like, what? What if the ramp class? I'm like, yeah, I already tested it. It did. We had to rebuild it. That's why it's reinforced right here. Like, yeah. I'm like, you grew up with me. You know, I know safety protocols. What are you worried about? She's like, well, if they break an arm, you're taking the hospital. Of course I am. What do you think I'm going to do? Let them bleed? Come on. Is the bone exposed? No, walk it off. I know. I mean, come on. You know, like That's, she she was yeah. there. She knows. I don't see why she's so worried. I think, yeah, I think today kids are coddled too much. Don't climb trees. Don't roll down hills. Don't wrestle in the backyard. Don't, you know, like, oh, let let kids be kids. You know, like kids are going to fall down and scrape their knees. You know, like. Dude, I got a buddy, speaking of climbing trees. (laughs) He, um. I'm going to screw this up. So he's in a wheelchair and he has been since I think pretty much birth. Right. Okay. Um, But you know, he's also just got this attitude that it doesn't matter. Like nothing stops him ever. Mm -hmm. And so he was telling me a story where one of his cousins said that there was no way he could climb a tree. And, you know, because he doesn't have the use of like the lower half of his body really, you know, and, well, son of a bitch, he climbed the tree, but then he fell out of it, but he got his foot stuck in the branch, and so he was hanging upside oh. down for like an hour until somebody could come get him. Oh, oh. okay. That sounds terrible, and we're we're giggling, but man, I'll bet you that's a favorite story of his. I bet you oh, he dear. tells that to everybody. Well, honestly, I think his favorite story is the one he he told me that like the last time we were hanging out. Because um, he's always, you know, yeah, I mean, he's in a chair, but he's always pretty muscular, right? Like a lot of upper body strength. Oh, yeah. And and we were, we were talking about it, and we were just talking about like all these things that happened. He's he's like, dude, he's like. He's like, I, I've always had a lot of upper body strength. And if you get me on the ground, he's like, I, I'm going to win. And so him and a buddy of his were at a park. And this kid comes up and starts picking on his buddy. And so, um, you know, he starts defending his buddy. And he's like, well, I'll kick your ass, you know, if you weren't in that chair. So he gets on the ground. <laughs> He gets out of the chair. He gets on the ground. The kid comes over, tries to kick him in the face. He grabs his leg, puts him on the ground, and kicks the shit out of the guy. Right on. And I am in tears laughing at this story because because now this kid has to go home and say that he got beat up by a kid in a wheelchair. Uh he is forever going to be teased about that. Oh, excellent, excellent. You know, see, maybe handy capable shouldn't just be a PC term. That should be just a regular term. Well, it really should he be. Was very handy capable. Yeah, literally. So, sa- same guy has has a shirt that's the the handicap symbol and um the shirt says I'm only in it for the parking. <laughs> yeah, see? 
See, that's great. That's great. And, well, that's just it. Like, everybody with a sense of humor is like, oh, shit, dude, you are a hoot and holler. And then, um, he, like, he had some other guy, you know, like, who was handicapped, um, give him shit about the t-shirt. He looks at me and goes, oh, what's your handicap? No sense of humor. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> just, like, Apparently, nothing, yeah. nothing bothers this guy, dude. And National he's, he's just He's just such... Such a fun person to be around, right? There's just there's Excellent. no bullshit. You have direct conversations. Just just great, great people. I don't even know how the fuck we got on this conversation. Oh, it's just but, one of those things. <laughs> but yeah, just so so happy to to talk about it. So yeah, yeah. yeah there yeah. there are just so many great people in the world. You know, there really are. There really are. Yeah, yeah. I just finished. You know, every day after work, you know, I need I need a little a little pick me up. So I just finished my true Cavalt coffee in my Ghostbusters mug here, and now I've switched over to some Fireball and um, Club Soda in my wife's Jaws mug here. So yeah, I'm ready to see so your double fist in it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> coffee and whiskey. Trust me, that has been more than one Saturday night over the years. Right? I mean, you know, yeah, we got the Royal Canadian going on up there. That's right. That's right. All sorts of really cool stuff. So yeah, um, before we kind of get on with it with our uh, mandatory metal segment, I got a really cool. I've never heard of this band, so I'm sure not a lot of other people have as well. So I'm eager to get it out there. But before we kind of do that, we got a couple. We got a little bit of radioactive metal house cleaning to do first and foremost today as we speak is a good friend of the show and my co-host over at wrestling night in canada mr mr ducky dustin maruka turns 31 today wow yeah yeah so we want to we want to say hello horns up and happy birthday as well i did not know it was this gentleman's birthday until earlier today and I said, well, I definitely have to give a shout out to one Dancing Gabe. Who now, is Dancing Gabe? Dancing Gabe is a real celebrity here in Winnipeg, but it's, he's just not known outside of Manitoba. He's like the he's like an all-purpose mascot. You'll okay. See, yeah, you'll you'll see him at pretty much any professional sports, whether it's football, hockey. Either of our pro teams, um, our our uh, minor league baseball, our basketball team. He's just he's the ultimate sports fan. Okay, now he is special needs, but you wouldn't know it just from his enthusiasm and his dedication. And he's called Dancing Gabe because, well, in between plays, you know, like at every game when. There's a break in the action. There's always music being played. No matter what it is, you will see Gabe dancing. That's awesome, dude. And yeah, he's he's a local treasure and he's a hero to a lot of people. And yeah, yeah, it's dancing Gabe's birthday today. Every every game I go to, I look I look for him. You know, when I'm able to, I walk up. Hey, Gabe, it's so good to see you. You know, he's. And he's got a lot of people 
in the city doing that. Yeah. That's awesome, dude. Yeah, yeah. So when I found out that it was Gabe's birthday, I mean, it means the only thing this means anything to really is our local listeners. But now, now the world knows who Dancing Gabe is. So, to be honest, when you first said Dancing Gabe, I thought it was like a racehorse or something. Oh, that would make a good name. Yeah, (laughs) Dancing Gabe coming around the corner. Yeah. Yeah, and just a couple of days ago, um, because it's Monday and all that, obviously, we're in, and I'm doing this, so we decided we weren't going to be pissing it up tonight in honor of Ducky's birthday. So we piled into his place Saturday night to watch the Royal Rumble, and you know the bevies flowed, and we all had a good time, and you know we visited with Grandma and Grandpa, and yeah. Yeah, can't really complain. So, yeah, happy birthday to both of those dudes. Um, shall we get on with the grunt here? Let's As rock and roll. my dad would say, I want to introduce everyone to a really cool new band. I just recently discovered them. And if Mrs. Snowy and Little Snowy knew that I discovered this band with this name and didn't play it on the show as soon as possible, my name would be Mud. Okay. Okay. I want to introduce everyone to the death metal band Arkham. Are you familiar with Arkham at all and what it is? Oh, Arkham Asylum. Right. Okay. So you know. Oh yeah! As soon as you said Arkham, I'm like, oh, Arkham Asylum, oh, yeah, Asylum. Batman. That's right, Batman. Gotham right City, for sure, for sure. So, for the good folks at True Cavalt Coffee in this week's mandatory metal segment, this is Arkham with Memoria.
been very busy this week. Here's our metal fix. Okay, dude, what's going on? All right, let me see here. So it has been a very like kind of busy week, I guess. I'm trying to make sure I've got everything. All right, so check this out. One, did you know that Alice Cooper has a card game? A card game? Horror box. No, no. Why don't I know this? I, well, I, I stumbled across it. Hang on. Apparently, I need to let my dog in. She is not going to quit knocking. Right? Okay. Isn't it hilarious that my dog knocks at the door? <laughs> <clears throat> She's just like, hey, uh, I'm out here. Let me, yeah. But anyway, so yeah, so hang on, let me let me see if I if I've still got the website up. It's it's like a horror based card game, um, and, and like I saw it at Barnes and Noble. I'm like, I've got to tell Snowy about this. Let me see. Mm-hmm. I think I still have it up. Do I? I do. Yeah, here it is. Here it is. Here it is. All right, so twenty five bucks, and let's see here. It's 350 cards of spooky questions, answers, and dares. Ooh. At Barnes & Noble, which we don't have up here, but maybe our equivalent would have something like this. I'm going to have to look. I, well, I, I am sure. I mean, you know, I'm, you can definitely get it on the internet. I bet any cool story you have is going to have it. Um, but oh, yeah, hey. like I've been dying to tell you about that, dude. Horror, horror box. Horror yeah. box. Yeah. Writing it down. Yeah, it's, it's pretty darn cool, man. Okay. So, yeah, so I figured that's what we need to talk about. Now, I am now going to announce my new story of 2024. So, oh, okay. when we do the Rammies at the end of the year, this is my new story for 2024. I sent it to you in our chat. Steve Alba cleans people's pools for free if they let him skate it. Hey. <laughs> Sounds like a deal to me. Dude, it was on NPR and it's what and when I read it and I'm going to pull it back up here, but when I read it, I'm reading it and it says the skateboarders who want to clean your pool for free and I see a guy on a skateboard I'm like I figured this was like a hard times news thing, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, now that you mention it, yeah, like somebody making a joke. And apparently, um, like Steve Alba, right? For anyone who doesn't know, Steve Alba's been skating since the like late 70s, right? Like, oh, yeah. one of the pioneers of modern skateboarding and still skating at 60. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> He started this pool cleaning company, and and he's like, on one hand, it's a facade to make us look official, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Since the ultimate goal is to skate a pool, but like, you know, if, if people let them drain the pool and skate it, they clean it for free. I think that is flipping hilarious, mm-hmm. and it, and also like, it's so punk rock and so like community positive at the same time, <laughs> you know. It's like, man, that's just, that's so cool. So that is already my news story for the year. Um, you know, people are going to have to work really hard to top yeah, that that's, one. That, that's going to be tough. That's going to be tough. Yeah, they're going to have to work really, really hard to tap that one. Because, I mean, these people cleaning pools like this is crazy fun stuff. So. Yeah, had had to share that, had to get that out there now because I just think it's absolutely hilarious. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then, okay, let's see here. So I got a bunch of new posters for my studio here. Um, I think I mentioned the Godzilla minus one last week, mm-hmm. but I've got a creature from the black lagoon reproduction. Um, Godzilla versus Gigan reproduction. Mm. And then I was so excited I could find this one. The original Gamera from 1965 reproduction. Ah, oh, sweet. Yeah. Yeah, because and, and it's funny because Gamera, Godzilla, and the creature from the Black Lagoon are like my three favorite monsters of all time. I'm like, oh, it's interesting that they're all three water-based. You know? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I didn't put that together till recently. And then did, did I talk about the porthole sticker my wife got me for Christmas? With a creature from the Black Lagoon looking yes. through it. Yeah. Well, yeah. I finally got to stick that because they tell you to wait, you know, like the 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 walls and the air temperature should be like 75 when you're sticking these for the first time. And of course, you know, it's been the twenties here. So it went up to like 80 the other day. I'm like, oh, let me get this sucker on the wall quick, you know. Um, so I finally got that up. I was really excited about that. Um, I got a new record, new to me record in the mail, used right. is a 1984 reprint of Chuck Berry and Bo Diddley's uh, Two Great Guitars record. Oh, wow. You know, you know, I'm a big Chuck Berry fan. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of those things that I 100% recommend everybody should go listen to. It's essentially Chuck Berry was at Chess Studios for a business deal walked either up a floor or down a floor to the studio where Bo Diddley was, walks in, picks up a guitar, and just starts playing. <laughs> you know, just all pretentious. And so then they're all, you know, and, and these are all great musicians, right? Because mm-hmm. these guys that are playing for chess, playing for stacks, playing for, you know, um, I, I don't know what the studio was that had the wrecking crew, but like playing for um, Motown, right? Where you had... Um, Oh my goodness, I'm why can't I remember who played in Mozart? The Funk Brothers, right? And so you had all these great studio musicians. So just Chuck and Bo just start, you know, goofing around, and somebody had the forethought to run the tape, mm-hmm. you know. And so we've got all these great tracks. And so, yeah, if, if you know, if you get a chance, you can, you can stream it. There's a bunch of bonus tracks now out there online. Um, and there's CD versions, but I've always wanted to find a vinyl version, and I finally found that. Of course. Yeah, yeah. of course. And are you ready for this? X, also known as Twitter, has oh, right. banned searches for Taylor Swift. Oh, because it's going to crash? No. Okay, what's the, what's the problem here? Well, the problem is uh, AI. Apparently... There's been this huge outpouring of people making explicit images of Taylor Swift using AI. Mm, and okay. so so Twitter is trying to kind of curb that. And I I don't know if they're trying to do anything else. Like I would hope so, and I would hope there's other companies that are, that are thinking about this. Um, but I mean you've got all these people making AI porn of Taylor Swift. And so that's, that's just gross. It, it is. And this is one of those times, right? Where I'm like, okay, I, I appreciate 
that X is trying to shut this down, right? And for as much shit as Elon Musk takes all the time, you know, I, I got to appreciate the guy's stance on this, right? And, and I'm waiting to see how this gets twisted. I'm waiting to see if other media picks this up and supports him or if they're going to somehow try to make him out to be the villain. You know, like, well, he he wrote the AI code for this or something, you know, something stupid, you know, Mm -hmm. but here, here's what I found the funniest, because I believe you and I have had this talk on the air. You know, when people ask me what keeps me up at night, AI and self-driving cars, those are the two things that terrify the fuck out of me. Right. Because the self-driving cars that we get aren't going to be kit. Right, no. it's not going to be the night industries two thousand. It's going to be something that's as hackable as anything else. Mm-hmm. And one person hacks it, and they wipe out you know hundreds of people quickly and cause traffic jams everywhere and gridlock and all that sort of stuff. You know, um, but then AI because just we're not. It, it's honestly almost like like the argument with. Um, Oh, was it Age of Ultron, uh, the Avengers movie, where yep. you know Tony Stark's yep. his AI becomes sentient sort of thing? Yeah, and he's like, well, whose whose morals were we basing this off, this off of here? You know, and and I I think that has to be the question all the time for AI, right? And the what where I you know the cynic in me just has to chuckle is. You know, because, you know, off air, you, you and I were talking about, you know, censorship. So it's like, on one hand, you know, how do you disagree with, with censoring this sort of stuff? But the other th- funny thing is this AI debate and what you can create with it has not been, um, you know, it, it's not like this is the first time this is happening. People have been talking about this. People have been saying, well, hey. they're using my images. They're using my words. They're using my sounds. They're using my likeness. They're using, you know, the likeness of of the estate or like my dad's likeness, you know, in in some cases. And what's the legality on this? And, and, you know, the government's been very slow to respond. And now they're like, well, I find this really disturbing. I'm like, oh, right. Because it's happening to you guys now. And you're realizing that if they can make AI, um, you know, explicit pictures of Taylor Swift, why isn't that, you know, how long before there's an AI explicit of Nancy Pelosi or insert whatever congresswoman, congressman, congressperson here? You know, like I people just are not understanding how fast this is developing and what the nefarious applications of it are. Yeah, so it's scary. It's scary. It it is. It is. And good on Twitter for you know trying to protect Taylor there, right? Mm -hmm. Because because that that's you know, I I think that's pretty cool. And and I mean I would hope that they would do that to anybody who somebody is trying to make those images, right? Mm -hmm. Just I just as a as a healthy, warm-blooded male, okay. If I was to see these images, it just Okay, I, 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 I know that it's fake. It does nothing for me. Well, that's what I can't figure out, dude. You know, like there have I've whenever there would be like Belinda Carlisle, the wrestling girls, Charisma Carpenter, when they did Playboy shoots, I was first in line at the newsstand for those. You know, I of course. But 
yeah, you see this stuff, but but that was the real thing. Well, but and that was, in, you know, here's the other thing: they gave consent for that. Exactly. Yes. Right, and and that's the real difference here. When people are trying to say like, well, what's the problem? Because you know people pose nude all the time. Well, right, but the people that pose nude give their consent. Right. You know, like if anybody would have wanted to see me naked in the 90s, I would have absolutely posed in Playgirl. I would have done nothing for their sales, but I would have done it. I mean, you know, probably be a hard conversation to have with my kids now. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I, you know, it's like I would have consented to that, you know, but it would have been my consent. Right. You know, and that that's that's the thing is like, um, oh, fuck, did I tell you what was because now there is a class. I want to say there is a group of guys that were cyberbullying a classmate, girls, female classmates, by making using AI to make explicit pictures of them. Holy shit! Yeah, but but this happened before the Taylor Swift thing, mm-hmm. right? Like this is a few weeks ago. So people knew about this. Pe- people knew this is coming, and it's just like okay, so. Like, I I just don't even know what to do. Because, I mean, like, you know, I have kids that are just barely on the edge of teenagers, you know. And, you know, for as much as people say, oh, kids today are so different. They are and they're not because kids are still cruel. Mm -hmm. You know? No doubt. Yeah. Like, Like, the kid doing the... Uh, doing the AI images of those girls is the same kid that was trying to drill a hole in the locker room and use a Polaroid. Yeah, it's the same thing. Yeah, Ult- yeah, it's yeah. it's just the technology is just made quicker, you know. So it, it's, uh, I dude, I don't even know. But anyway, I just you know because because we talk about Taylor Swift on this show all the time at this point, I figured I'd make sure I mentioned that. But it, it the AI thing is is my is my big concern. As, yeah, I I hear you on that. Yeah, I I said years ago, Terminator Two, not science fiction, science eventuality. Like that's that that's what um what's the it's in the it's the first Thor Natalie Portman's character. That's science fiction. And she looks and says a precursor to science fact. <laughs> well, there we are. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, that's just, you know, and uh, there's other people I talk about, like the Skynet thing and that. And like, oh, there's no way that could happen. I'm like, do you know how many things I've heard people say there's it's, no way yeah. that could happen? That like, yeah, right, it could happen. Yeah, you know, it, it could. Like, yeah. is it going to happen exactly like that? Or are we going to have, you know, um, really, really big, well-built um, robots with Austrian accents? Probably not. No, but there will be an equivalent. There yeah. could be, you know. You know, it just oh my god. Or this, or this new, new intelligence. You know, maybe not create robots, but you know, fuck with the stock market. Oh, dude, see, you know, that's, that's just, just it. And, stuff like that. Yeah, but. And there's already stuff like that going on where they can fake tweets, they can fake voices. Mm-hmm. Somebody just did a because I, I saw this in a headline too. George Carlin's daughter, I think, um, is you know like like in in legal fights 
because somebody used AI to make an entirely new George Carlin set using his voice and, you know, creating jokes in the style of George Carlin. And people that have heard it are like, holy shit, it sounds too real. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and like, so like, that's the kind of stuff where I'm like, no, like, I, and, and I also don't even understand why you want to do that unless your goal is to eventually be able to, you know, use enough audio clips of the president to be able to use his voice, fake this, fake that, or a bank executive, a, a company CEO and do millions of dollars of transfers. Right. Mm-hmm. Be- because that, that's what we're working up to, you know. But but then on the flip side, the Beatles, the Beatles' new single, they used AI for that. And when I heard AI, I'm like, oh, God, do they seriously like AI in John Lennon's voice? No, they didn't. What they did is they were able to use AI to separate all the tracks out so they could mix it and re-record their parts. Ah, okay. I'm like, well, there we go. That's AI I support. So if you're telling me we've got AI that can listen to music and then start to break that into tracks so we can get better version of that music, that is technology at work. And how fucking funny is it that the Beatles were the ones that pioneered a lot of the recording technologies that we still use today, and those motherfuckers are still at the forefront. It seems that way. Isn't that crazy? You know, 60, yeah, 70 yeah. years later, they're still like, oh, yeah, hey, look at this brand new thing. It's like, really? Do you guys ever stop? My God, like, just, wow. You know, please tell me somebody's studying that DNA. But, you know, like that, that's an example of where I'm like, oh, this is great stuff. But like this other shit, man, whew, it's going to get ugly. Yeah, get ugly. it is. It is. Yeah. No. But anyway, um, uh, I, but, but, you know, before I hand it over to you, if anybody would like AI generated naked pictures of snowy, hit me up. There we go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's, there's only one person in the world that would want those and she can just grab her camera and take pictures anytime well, she wants. How do you think I've been getting all, all the base photos to teach the AI? <laughs> I mean, yeah, you should see some of this. I, I, they're all tasteful nudes, you know. Like, there's one of you on the bear rug. There we know. are. Okay. Well, that's good. That's you good. know, there's there's one of you naked in front of the Guar drum set. You know. <laughs> 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 oh shit, dude! Like, it's just just the 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 ridiculous shit that people with nothing better to do come up with. There we are. That's a good way of putting it. Yep. Yeah, it's terrible. But anyway, I digress. What's going on with you, man? Well, first of all, I'm kind of glad that you brought up the big G. Godzilla? Okay, yeah. Okay. Because, um, uh, where was I going? Oh, um, it's up for the very first time in 70 years. A Godzilla movie is finally up for an Oscar. Dude, how fucking great is that that is absolutely fantastic of course it's just and then i really believe it should have gotten the nod for a lot of other categories as well but it was just for special effects okay great 
But you know what? I'll take it. I, I will this, too. But it should be getting something for story. Those actors oh, yeah. and actresses should be oh, getting yeah. something. Because just everybody in that. Oh, so so well written, so well acted. Just man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and I think what's been great as a Godzilla fan is the number of people I hear that don't give a shit about Godzilla that are talking about the film raving about it. You know, oh, I can totally see that. It's yep. it's reached so many more people, and that mm-hmm. that's what's making my day. And as well, staying on the same topic, I just read recently that it's um, the third highest gross grossing international film in the U.S. Like, like of, international of, film of all ever? time. Yeah, like of all time. Yeah, and I think it is the top grossing Japanese film. Period. Yeah, outside of yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, a lot of really cool stuff that I just kind of wanted to throw out there. And as well, when you were talking about drilling the hole in the locker room, my mind immediately went to Porky. Of course. (laughs) Of course it did. (laughs) And anyone that doesn't know what we're talking about, well, maybe. Go back and watch it. You have to seek out. The awesome Canadian 80s teen comedy Porky. Wait, is it that's Canadian? It is. It is. It was really? made made by the same guy who did um, Black Christmas, the original. Never Bob, saw it. Bob Clark, the original 74 slasher. Okay. And A Christmas Story. With, really? With Ralphie and the... Red Rider gun and all that. Those are yeah. two very different movies. <laughs> they are. They are. And Porky's is so much different from those as well. So, yeah, Bob Clark was a national treasure, man, for sure. Wow. Uh, yeah. And for... yet they didn't cover anybody in maple syrup in that at all. It's no, weird. they didn't. It was bizarre, yeah. yeah. Uh, for myself, I'm going to be quick. Like, this is going to be somewhat of a different metal fix for me i'm gonna be quick um with some of the quote-unquote usual stuff because i have a really cool relative announcement to make but uh to start us off here i did hit the um the record shops went to went to uh planet of sound shout out to kathy it's always great hanging with her i grabbed a vinyl and a cd you remember billy squire Yes. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I've had, I've already had a couple of his albums on vinyl, the Don't Say No, and of course, the Emotions in Motion record, which everyone should have. But a little, those were his two biggest records. Like when you think Billy Squire, you think, you know, The Stroke. Okay. Yes. And you think the Emotions in Motion record. Well, Later on in to the 80s, 1984, he released the Signs of Life record. Okay, now the big single of that was Rock Me Tonight. Rock Me Tonight. Yeah, yeah. Well, apparently, like, that song just hasn't aged very well and the video has gotten a lot of flack over the years and all that but it's like yeah it's just it's just a dumb rock song i get it but i just never had signs of life yet and that's the only song 
that I was familiar off this record going into it. It hasn't hit my turntable yet. Just had other things going on this weekend and all that. Looking forward to that, though. I bet you it's not as bad. You just can't, you know, drop this and say that it hasn't aged. Like, what's what's the deal? Because other than the chorus of Rock Me Tonight, I have no idea anything else in the song. Yeah, when you say aged well this day and age, you know, that means there was some quote-unquote controversial stuff. No, it was just the video is just for Rock Me Tonight. is, And it's a good, it's a good standard 80s song nothing okay. new and all that but the video was just him bouncing around his bedroom and, and <laughs> all that and it also looked- is this any better or worse than tommy katane um in here i go again on the hood of the cars <laughs> probably not no better no worse yeah no no you're 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 absolutely right that's why i you know uh, I'm taking all of this criticism now with a grain of salt. Like I'll decide for myself. And the last time I saw the video back as a teen, it's like, okay, it's it's goofy, but I like, mean, let's face it, cares? there were not a lot of videos that weren't cringe worthy then. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. I remember seeing some of those videos going like, they're putting it like. I couldn't believe they would put it out. I'm like, this is awful, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. and I, we've already—I think we've already talked about the fact that I'm not a big Rush fan, but like Rush had horrible-looking videos, just visually, you know. And and then like you know, you've got like the the hair metal <sighs> womanizer bands, we'll say, mm-hmm. you know, where where just. Some of those were so horribly cheesy and just like, uh, what's happening here? Yeah, well, what the you hell? Know? And that was for the time, you know. Mm-hmm. So just I can, I can, yeah, like I don't remember that one, but just, eh, you know. Well, homework for everyone. Check out the Billy Squires uh, "Rock Rock Me Tonight" video, and we'll see how the album itself goes. As well, in the 90s, okay, there was a, um, a, a, a Canadian hard rock band, okay? And I know they did have some roots in the hardcore and the punk scene kind of before they changed a more straight-up rock and roll sound. Um, they're called Headstones. Okay. Okay, and I, I, I was familiar with them. Okay, um, but to me, they were kind of like like the Tragically Hip or the Northern Pikes. Those names probably don't mean much to anyone Tragically outside of Canada. Does. Okay, well, this is... Okay, Nick Nickelback. Bands like Nick Nickelback, Theory of a Dead Man, Tragically Hip. Okay, Standard Canadian Content Radio Rock. Okay. Okay, and I, I kind of lumped Headstones in with that. But lately, they've been playing a lot of it at work. When you know, I've I've got the I've got the terrestrial radio on, giving it more and more of a listen. And it's like, man, did I ever sleep on this band? And, you know, like uh, there is so much going on with a lot of this stuff. You know, it it is, you know, mainstream Canadian hard rock, but I, I can kind of see where the the punk. You know, the hardcore 
influence kind of comes in, not necessarily, like, definitely in the spirit. So it's like, okay, you know what? If I ever find, like, a Headstone's Greatest Hits CD or, you know, preferably some of their albums on vinyl, I don't know if they were ever pressed or not, I'm definitely going to jump at it. But I found their biggest album, Pictures of Health, uh, going back to 1993, I found that secondhand at Planet of Sound. And I jumped all over it, and I took it home, and I just I cranked the shit out of it. And I just... Uh, there's probably going to be a lot of our listeners saying, you know, how the hell did I sleep on tonight's discussion? You know, this... After we're done talking about it, I'm sure a lot of people are going to go back, give that album a chance again or maybe the first time and holy shit they're right just like i'm saying holy shit everyone was right about headstones you know so yeah it's it's kind of funny man like sometimes when you're in the moment and so many bands sound alike it's it's easy for them to get lost in the noise yeah oh for sure yeah definitely and i think that's one of the things that happened with that. Um, just this past Thursday was the very first edition of Punk Rock Thursdays at Bulldogs. Our good buddy Sky and former co-hostess, she's putting this on at her venue every Thursday. And there's a couple other shows going on throughout the city you know our good buddy shit happens was doing had their own show going on and local winnipeg hardcore band withdrawal their first show in a couple of years now you know that was going on but there's just something telling me like dude you got to get your butt to bulldogs you haven't been there in a while sky was even texting me like where are you i haven't seen you in a while like i miss you dude come you know when are you coming out and all that because like i said it's been kind of a weird year for me i haven't never went you know to as many shows as i have in the past and all that which is probably still more than average oh it's still more than me it was it was well uh so uh yeah, I made my way out. Some just some local, local uh, punk bands playing the suburban suburban hypocrites. They've been around for a while. Really good band. Um, Hippo, as well. I really, I really, I really dig them. So, yeah, I definitely had a good night. But for the most part, you know, I would come up to the front of the stage area to take some pictures and all that. But you know that old expression now that punk's not dead, it's just standing in the back now? Uh, or it's, no, it's, 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 sure. it's, yeah, there's memes and jokes going around. Like, the old-time punks are still going out to shows. They're just standing in the back or they're standing at the bar or whatever. Well, I was that old-time punk standing in the back for <laughs> for the most part you know because normally you know i'm front row fr- front row center if i'm not in the pit i'm definitely on the outskirts you know like that's just the best place to enjoy a show i just i ended up giving myself a chuckle 
chuckle. It's like, dude, you're the old you're the old man in the back tonight. You know, it's like, uh, so yeah. Uh, so I'm gonna try to get to as many um punk rock Thursdays as I can. It's just Thursday and payday in my Clark Kent job, uh, they don't really mesh very well so i'm gonna have to do some creative budgeting to get to as many of these as i can now this is the part of my metal fix that i kind of wanted to save here because making the big announcement right now that the lineups for this year's manitoba metal fest have been announced may 10th 11th and 12th at the Park Theater here in Winnipeg. And this has always a big, this has always been a huge three-day event. It packs the theater and we bring in just some amazing acts. Day one, okay, the internationally renowned bands will include um, the return of Three Inches of Blood is back haven't heard anything from them in a while they had broken up they're back i don't know if it's just you know because we managed to coerce them into doing a reunion gig for this event maybe hopefully they're back and we should see some new material from them it would be really cool as well um radioactive metal alum into eternity and untimely demise will be on night one. Night two is when you really start getting into the international acts with uh, decapitated septic flesh, cataclysm, and a legion will be applying uh, their trade a day two. And finally, day three, to top it all off, um, Dying Fetus will be headlining along with Full of Hell, 200 Stab Wounds, and yes, and I just put my hands up, Double Horns, Cruelty is coming back. Because Rock on, dude. Yeah, I think they're back in North America supporting Dying Fetus, so they, uh, obviously, the tour came through here as well, and like I said, they were my Rammy Band of the Year, Song of the Year, like it just, so... It's going to be really good to see them. But let's get on with some tunage from said uh, Manitoba Metal Fest. Like I said, day one, Canadian meddlers into eternity. Looking forward to it. It's always a good time, not just on stage, but, you know, when we get together with the band and we have a couple bevies and all that, it's always a good time. This is Into Eternity! with Fukushima. The candles were lit for the dead. Fukushima.
the aforementioned Winnipeg or Winnipeg punkers a suburban hypocrites from their uh, figment of your inebriation album that was personal hell and before that the mighty full of hell once again bringing their bizarro metal coming to the Manitoba Metal Fest from their Garden of Burning Apparitions album that was Industrial Messiah Complex. Great stuff, great stuff. I, I, full of hell, that's the band, that's an acquired taste. Okay, like that type of sound, that type of bizarro metal, as I call it, that is not, you know, when you're Saturday night, you're hanging with your buddies, you got a case of beer. All right, we need tunes. Oh, man, the, the new Full of Hell, we got to put that on. No, that does not work. Full of Hell works the next afternoon, you know, Sunday afternoon, cranked on your stereo. That is the time to give a band like that a spin. Really looking forward to having them on. And they're radioactive metal alum as well. Like when I went through the lineup, it's like, oh, yeah. Had this band on, this one, this one, this one, this one, this one. It's like, holy shit, I've seen all these bands and I've had them all on the show, but still looking forward to it. Once again, Manitoba Metal Fest, May 10th, 11th, 12th, here in Winnipeg, Run, Don't Walk, as the immortal uh, Mean Gene Okerlund would say about getting your tickets to the next AWA event. Run, Don't Walk, to get your tickets going to be a good time okay last week my friend and uh, this floored me okay you absolutely floored me <laughs> with this i could not believe that this was coming from aaron okay when okay when you said you know venom's welcome to hell their debut album like, I know for you, it's been so influential. It's There would be no radioactive metal without it. It's the album that turned you full time. Okay, fine. 
but I know I you know your beliefs and you know with you're your family man and you're a good Christian man and all that. Okay. I never would have thought in a million years you would have said to me, I want to do an episode focused all on Venom's Welcome to Hell. Holy shit, Aaron, pod person, what have you done with the real Aaron? (laughs) (laughs) Well, here's the thing. If you think about the amount of times she said, well, I didn't think we were going to talk about this on the show tonight. Uh, just chalk this up in that category. In that, right? yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Be, because I mean, you know, the, the, I think the the main rule of the show is there's really no rules in the show. Which whichever way you think we're going to go, we're probably not. We're probably not. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and and that's the thing is like I've never listened to the record, right? Like I've I've seen the Venom T-shirts on everybody. Like I know it was a big thing for was it uh, Phil and Selmo. Um, didn't he wear the Venom t-shirts and Pantera a lot? So like, oh yeah, I was, I was aware of it, but, but you know, we've talked about the fact that when we were growing up, it was so much harder to get this stuff. And you really had to pick and choose. Like I've only got this much money. I can only get this amount of music. I really had to pick. It's not like today where, I mean, you know, you figure, Nine ninety nine a month for a streaming service, or fifteen bucks a month for a streaming service, <clears throat> is maybe you know like what I was spending back then, or you know only half of what I was spending back then on music. Mm-hmm. But for that today, I get infinitely more music than I got for it forty years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like, how do you listen to everything? Um, and you've talked about this record so much. We just did an, uh, an episode on front to back albums. I'm like, well, I like, let's give this a listen front to back again and talk about it. <laughs> so, you know, and it was a fun fucking time. Like, you know, I was already texting you last week after we talked about this. I'm like, dude, let's do the second one too. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yes. Yes. We will get to that. Yes. You know, cause, because like, and, and it's it's been in the back of my mind for a while because of Venom Inc., right? Mm-hmm. So you had Venom Inc. with uh, Mantis. Mantis and Abaddon, yeah. Yeah. And they did, uh, you know, the Venom Inc., and that, that's when I did Rock interview those guys, and they, they talked about black and roll. Um, I don't remember exactly what they talked about, but yes, our former co host, Rock, had the good fortune. Of speaking to original Venom members, Chrono or Abaddon and Mantis, Mantis under yeah. the whole under the whole Venom Inc. Because I guess Chronos, oh my God, the one and only Chronos. There, okay. When when he when Chronos leaves us, there is never going to be another Chronos. There's not. This guy is such a character. Oh yeah, yeah. He seems it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, we did. I was absolutely thrilled, even though I wasn't able to be a part of the conversation because Rock spoke to the band in one of our action interviews, spoke to them in person at the venue. When he said, I'm speaking to Mantis and Abaddon, I was like, oh, my God, Venom on my radio show. This is awesome. And And I'm still nothing to me. Yeah. Okay, well, <laughs> it meant everything to me. But because of that interview, I went and checked out the Venom Inc. record, Black and Roll. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm listening, I'm like, oh, this shit's good. And so so I've always had that in the back of my mind, and you're constantly talking about Welcome to Hell. I'm like, all right, let, let's 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 sit down and, and do this. So I, I'm ready to talk about this record and give my thoughts. Okay. Okay. Like I just okay, well, first of all, like yeah. I said, you're a good Christian boy and you well, just now. Okay. But but like you said that you just don't listen to black metal and i thought that was because of your beliefs no you just don't like the music yeah i'm like oh okay here i was thinking all this time but no it's it's that's how i am with so many things like if i don't listen to it it's because i think it sounds like shit Uh, okay you know when people were like uh, like, like, what was the the big song by Farrell was happy, and everybody's just oh, this song is great, I'm all happy, and oh, I'm just Lord. like, no, I think it's fucking blows, you mm-hmm. know. And then there's there's another like pop song, um, <clears throat> that it just I just thought was lazy writing. I'm like, no, they could have done way more. They could have rhymed. It. Just you know, if it just doesn't grab me, it just doesn't grab me, right? You know. So what we know as black metal today. That was inspired, you know, by the Scandinavian black metal of the early 90s. Okay, I can understand why someone wouldn't dig that. Yeah. Venom, though. Dude, this is a good record. It's a whole new ball game. Yes, it's black metal, but the sound is different. Because back in, I've said this on the show before. At the with the birth of true black metal, okay, in the early '90s, there was no definitive sound. Right. You know, Venom had their own sound. Merciful Fate had their own sound. Bathory had his own sound. And I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna have some people. What the fuck, Snowy? No way. Possessed seven churches. Okay. Total black metal album. Oh well, and yeah. Even even Slayer's um, "Show No Mercy" was it wasn't considered total black metal, but a lot of fans did kind of throw it in with that when that album was first released. So black metal was a thing, but it was all based on imagery and lyrics. Yeah. And Venom was, you know, they got the ball rolling well, big time. Something I want to point out here is because there are different bands that I'm like, man, I feel like this is like the first recorded example of what's going to become death metal. And one of the bands that I feel that way about is the band In Destroy. Okay. Um, but listening to this album, this album was what, 81? 81, yeah, originally. I can't remember which song it was, but there is, there's a song, just the way he delivered the lyrics, I'm like, no, that's the first recorded death metal vocal. Because I heard Deicide in that vocal. Okay, and I'm fair. like, okay, a young Glenn Benton, Long before he married Corrine, for anyone who doesn't understand that joke, <laughs> you have to go shit. back a few. Yeah, that's that's a while back. Yeah, but um, so a young Glenn Benton sitting in his room listening to that, hearing that, like, dude, that's that's like there is so much going on here 
for well for you know what would become black metal, but and death metal. Mm-hmm. You know. Oh yeah. All all the black metal bands of of the Scandinavian scene, all the death metal bands, Henry Rollins, Metallica, Megadeth, Anthrax, they all had this album in their collection. All of them. You know, like Rollins has talked about, you know, touring with Venom and all that. And it's I just, didn't know they toured with Venom. Yeah, because Black yeah. Flag? Black Flag, yeah. Really? Yeah, wow, yeah, that'd be a fun show. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Rollins has said, like Venom were really corny, you know. Which, yeah, yeah, but they were they were definitely their own thing. Well, I am so glad you bring that up, right? So let me let me read the first couple of songs here. Okay. Sons of Satan. I'm just going to read through some um, uh-huh. th- some some song titles here. So. Opening track, Sons of Satan. Welcome to Hell. Schizo, or Schizo, depending on how you want to pronounce it. Schizo, yeah. Mayhem with Mercy. Poison. Uh I'm going to skip over a couple. 1,000 Days in Sodom. And then In League with Satan. Mm -hmm, Which I think was the first single. Travel Back With Me. To the 80s, Snowy. And Televangelist. (laughs) <laughs> and tell me that this album here doesn't just embrace every cliche of the 1980s. Like er- everything, like every one of these song titles is something you would have heard a televangelist preacher saying. Oh, definitely. This, All of them. this album was tailor made for the satanic panic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But but I mean, like that. That's the best part is like for the way this is because I mean, you know, when the televangelism was starting, like late seventies, early eighties, this album coming out in eighty one, these guys are tongue in cheek making fun of all of that, mm-hmm. and it's like, you know, uh, like fifteen year old me would have found this fucking hysterical, you know. Okay. And, and now, like, I still find it funny, but I mean, it was really good. So, let's talk about this sound. Okay. It it was between like Motorhead and yeah. a punk record for me. Exactly. Yeah. Now but it was not what I was expecting at all. No. Yeah. Oh, no. For all. sure. It sounds nothing like Mayhem or Emperor or yeah. any, any of those bands. Nothing, and it sounds nothing like merciful fate and it sounds nothing like they also came not only did they spearhead black metal they came out of the new wave of british heavy metal scene as well that's why metallica had such a hard on for them as well so okay what was the first slayer record the first slayer record yeah was show no mercy well yeah what year oh 84 83 or 84 it was that early okay 83 we didn't get it okay here here in canada though we didn't get all of these amazing thrash and underground records until about 1984 when when banzai records repressed them and got them domestically up here okay so i was buying i was buying welcome to hell Black Metal, the second Venom record, 
Show No Mercy, Kill Em All, Ride the Lightning, the first uh, Anthrax record. I was buying all of those off the new release rack. Oh, wow. That, that we knew were new releases because, okay, these are just these obscure metal bands. We only read a paragraph or a right. review here and there in some magazines and fanzines and all that. We never really had access to this stuff until then. Okay. So, yeah. And, and I ask because I feel like this record had to be an influence on Slayer and their sound. Oh, definitely. Yeah. You know, especially yeah. the vocals. Like I, I hear a lot of um, Tom Araya uh, mm-hmm. in this. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. And they sounded nothing like Slayer. And on the and on you know, in the new wave of British heavy metal, they sound nothing like Diamond Head, Holocaust, Girl School, Raven, Blitzkrieg, Trespass, Witch Find, none of those awesome new wave of British heavy metal bands that we still love today. I, nothing. Like there was yeah. everyone else, okay. Sound wise, <laughs> and then there was Venom. <laughs> it's just wow. Yeah, wow. Compl- completely different, right? Mm-hmm. It's completely different. All right, so um, let's talk about a thousand days in Sodom. That bass okay. break that Kronos mm-hmm. is playing. Oh yeah, and how about these guys are a fucking three piece? This is this is the rush of black metal. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I never, I never thought of that. You're right, you're right, because they are so influential. Okay, and yeah, they were a three piece, and they're they were trailblazers. Yeah, sounds like the rush of black metal to me. Yeah, dude. The um, except for the fact that I like these guys, but um, <laughs> that's the name of the episode: the rush of, the black, rush of metal, black metal, right metal. there. <laughs> Writing that down, dude. Like the um. <laughs> That bass break, though, I'm listening to that, I'm like, this is some good stuff. And I, I don't know, you could just, you could tell that they had a lot of ideas and they were finding themselves, you know? Mm-hmm. All right, so here's here's what I want to know, because, you know, you talk about all the time that this is the album, this is when you went metal full-time, this is what did it. Why? What what made this album the turning point for you? Holy jeez, yeah, because, uh, like, I had... Like I, I like, and I've said this before. I've had Def Leppard albums, Runaways, ACDC, Van Halen, uh, you know, stuff, stuff like that. But I really wasn't a metalhead. Okay, well, I had met, and I was like thirteen years old. Okay, and I had met this this guy at school in my class and all that. We started hanging outside of school. The first, like one of the first times I went to his place. I met his older brother, who was about 17. Okay, he had some cool albums, you know, and I'm just starting to wet my toes in metal and and all that. And he's just showing me some of his records because at any age, when you meet someone, okay, and this is what this is what it was like in the 80s. Okay, you meet someone new. You go into their bedroom and all that. You're you're hanging out. Sure enough, and it, it's it's like an, it was an unwritten rule. You didn't even have to ask to do this. You just started flipping through their records. 
you know, and it was a socially acceptable thing to do. I had no problems with people doing it in, uh, with with mine, and I would do it with others. Yeah. I don't know if that's a thing today. Yeah, that's a good question. Enthusiasts. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's just kind of what we did. You know, we just start flipping. And then you start talking about his records and what you have. And yeah, I like this one. You know, like, and before you know it, you're off and running and you're lifelong friends. Okay. Well, this gentleman's older brother showed me Welcome to Hell. Okay. And you got to, okay, you got to remember, I grew up in a Christian household, you know, military as well. I had never really seen anything like this. Okay. And this is, this is a time when everyone is like, Oh, oh, did you see that ACDC Highway to Hell album? He's got devil horns, you know, like right. ACDC's this big satanic band. Oh, did you see the new Van Halen record? It's got an angel, but he's smoking a cigarette. Well, no, that's Cupid, but whatever. It's really not that bad. <laughs> okay. Well, I took... I was looking at the cover and I saw the it's that classic goat head in the pentagram you know which has been parodied many times over the years and has been duplicated well imitated never duplicated because we all know who the original was so there was that welcome to hell I flipped it over I saw some of the Song titles, and it's like, holy shit, my mother would give birth again, okay, if she saw some of these titles. Yeah. And to, to this day, all the way up to her passing, I still don't know if my mother really knew just how satanic Venom were. Because I had the Venom backpatch with the goat and a picture of Kronos, and, you know, like my mom knew about satanic music and she knew that I listened to it and all that. But I think probably for the most part, she knew it was like satanic, like ACDC, Iron Maiden, you know, bands like that. I, d I don't know if she ever realized just how, how satanic this was, you know, because I think she might have just had an absolute conniption about it like she was always open-minded we watched that whole um geraldo special. oh the geraldo thing yeah the, the, the geraldo satanic we watched that together and i pointed out which albums i had and you know we we had we actually had a really good bonding moment over it but yeah i never did show her my venom records <laughs> you know like uh i didn't want her you know like to get too 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 concerned about it. So yeah, looking at the cover and the song titles, and there's a little like okay, I have the original. I still have it, the original Banzai pressing of Welcome to Hell here, and then oh, you know, wow. I still have it. I still have it, and I always will. One of these days, I'm gonna go on Discogs and find out how much. All of my old Banzai records. I was just going to ask. Worth. Like, I I wonder what what the Banzai pressing is worth. Like, probably I'm, I'm curious. Probably not as much 
as the the original British label was Neat Records. Okay. That also handled uh, Raven as well. This I'm holding in my hand, probably not as as um, valuable, you know, to put a monetary price on it. Probably not as valuable as the original Neat Pressing. I'm still thinking it's worth a pretty penny. There's a little passage on the back of the album that's we're possessed by all that is evil the death of you god we demand we spit at the virgin you worship and sit at lord satan's left hand i took one look at that and i'm like holy jeez i can't believe they actually put that on a record you know and it's and it past muster i guess you know like i can't believe someone you know is releasing this and stores are carrying it this is actually you know pretty cool and meanwhile i i'm not i'm not big on religion you know any any sort of religion so i kind of always took metal uh, or black metal as a um and the same thing with death metal okay it's a musical version of a horror film. Right. You know, particularly Cannibal Corpse. Holy shit. You know, so it's like, yeah, holy shit. I can't believe that. But. They, <laughs> and I get I read this after I was done reading the song titles and reading that that passage and all that on the other side of the record. OK. And on the back, there's a, you know, now classic picture of the band crouching over uh, some some water with the fists and they got axes in their hands and their reflection is in the water and all that classic picture oh yeah okay then i looked at the uh, band names okay chronos <laughs> okay yeah doing the bulldozer bass and vocals Mantis is the chainsaw guitar and dives, and Abaddon is drums and nuclear warheads. I'm like, okay, <laughs> okay, I love it. Uh, obviously, this is not, you know, people are going to take this really seriously, yeah, but obviously, this isn't, yeah, they're taking the piss know, out of it, yeah, this is not. Right underneath that, there's a warning. Okay, and it's not may contain backwards message, may contain, you know, lyrics that may be offensive. There is a warning saying, if this LP is scratched, warped, or defaced in any way, please throw it away and buy a new one. Okay. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> I bust a gut. I had never read something yeah. so, and I saw Blazing Saddles in the theater. Okay, I saw Stripes in the theater and all that. None of that was half as funny as that was. You know, when you laugh so much, your face hurts. Yeah, and your gut hurts. That that was me when I when I read that. It's like this. Okay, and meanwhile, we're listening as I'm as I'm reading all of this. And it's like, yeah, this music is fucked up too. But oh my god, it's it's so awesome. Okay. And I just ah, 
I was off to the races after one listen to black metal or one listen to Welcome to Hell. I was hooked on metal in general after one listen of that record. Well, it, it's it's a killer record. I totally see why. So okay. I had to go look on Discogs. What what's your? Uh, we, we've got a range here. We've got a low price, high prices, and I can also tell you what people are asking currently. Okay. So what what do you think? You know, just pick, pick a price. What what do you think these albums are going for? And um, your and your album, the Bonsai okay. Records original the, pressing. The, the Bonsai original pressing, yeah. still in good condition. Like yeah. obviously, there's some wear and tear. Like you know, it's been oh god, it's been almost forty years. Um, hundred bucks. So that's that's a that's a great great guess, right? So the okay. low has been around twenty five. The high is around 166, and they tend to average that. But there's three for sale right now. So I'm like, oh, what are those going for? $154. And these are all U.S. prices. Right. Um, 154 124 and 173 Wow. Okay. Yeah. I'm just okay. like, that's something. Mm-hmm. You know, like that, that's, that's, that, that's, you know. But that's kind of cool, though, because that's, and I mean, especially if you're a collector, you know, and that album really means something to you, you know, to, to get the different releases like that. Like, that's really cool. But yeah, right. I was just curious, the, the whole Bonsai record thing. Now, someone comes up to me and says, Snowy, I want to buy Welcome to Hell. <laughs> that's not my copy, you're not. Sorry. I don't care how much you're offering me. Well, maybe five digits. I would sell my copy of Welcome to Hell. I could see that. Yeah. I, I'd say hold out for six. That's you know. yeah, yeah, because it's 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 not just uh, you know a monetary thing. Like it it, it 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 it's not just that. It's it's what it meant to me. Right. Well, it's what it's yeah. meant to you, and the fact that you've had it for the last forty years. Yeah, yeah, and you know. You know, I've already said when, you know, I'm going to be going, you know, before before Mrs. Snowy. I certainly hope so. Okay. And all of my friends, you know, you're one of my few friends that are my age. Yeah. You know, mo- mo- most of my friends I could have fathered, you know, because they're just from the metal scene. Um, so I've said to mrs snowy when you know that time comes go through the records take whatever you want she'll take the soundtracks and the deaf leopards and 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 all that and then you know they'll probably go to ducky you know um because i know they're going to be to a good home with the caveat is that he can't sell them you know he has to keep them and cherish them forever you know, so that's, yeah, I don't, bottom line is I don't ever see myself selling this. Oh yeah, dude. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely not. Yeah. But that, that's another interesting topic. I'm going to go down, you know, grab, you know, maybe a dozen records, you know, from back in the day, like some of the original, not, 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 not only the Banzai, but some of the original imports, you know? That that I kept oh, 
over the years. It, it always breaks my heart when I hear someone today say, oh, yeah, I got rid of all of my vinyl a long time ago. Like, oh, ah, same, dude. You know, it's just like, oh, and they and the conversation always ends up going. Yeah, but now, you know, I kind of wish I had them all back. Yeah. You know, but I was moving a lot and it was just, it was too much to move them around and all that. And it's like, don't make excuses. You found a shiny new object called digital and you figured, hey, I can get, I'm going to get rid of all this shit now because I have, I have it all. I have the music all in the palm of my hand and that's good enough. And no, dude, it's not. It's not. Everything that I just said about this vinyl album, you can't get on Spotify. You can't. Oh, yeah, dude. So speaking of that, so when I got to listen to this, I was listening to it on Apple Music. And it's like the deluxe version or whatever version where it's got all this extra stuff now. That's why I was you know, asking, like, how many tracks are on the original? Oh um, well, because I mean, there's like 22 tracks. I'm like, there's no way. There's oh 22 no, tracks no. This, there's right? o- there's there's only 11, and I think Mayhem with with Mercy was just it wasn't even a real song. Like which which one was it? Was it was just a bunch of them just them fucking around in the studio for 30 seconds? Like it's just, I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't right, even because like, I, I did give it a second listen today, but so. Um, have you ever heard any of their seven inch singles? Uh, not, not the seven inches, but they have, they did have a number of EPs, um, that I, oh, actually not seven inch, but 12, I know. Okay. Uh, and now even, even then, because I know the Manitou, 12 inch was big and they did have some EPs that they named after the country, the Canadian assault, the American assault. Oh, okay. That's the, cool. The French assault, which were three, each had three new tracks and three live tracks. And I, you know, as soon as I saw the Canadian assault, like I jumped all over that. So yeah, not really too familiar with too many of, you know, the seven inches, but just the, well, the 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 twelve inches, yeah. I bring yeah. it up because there was a lot of seven inch versions on here, and the seven inch version of In League with Satan, the backward okay. masking on that is so fucking cool. <laughs> right, like the, the seven inch version. I'm like, oh, this is cooler than the album version. What the heck? Like it's dude, just really good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I thoroughly enjoyed this record way more than I expected. Like, I, I really didn't know what to expect going in, but I'm like, ah, let's give this a whirl. And it's fucking cool, dude. Uh, it, it's definitely an experience. You know, <laughs> I, could, I could understand, okay, someone being apprehensive about it at first, but then when they actually sit down and give it a spin and just, just think... Okay, 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 just if you don't think of it as a modern musical masterpiece, like if you like Spinal Tap, okay, then, then you'll probably like Venom. 
is Venom, you know, they're the spinal tap of black metal. Let's, uh, we could probably come up with a few other things, you well, know. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, and, and I can see that from like the, the mockumentary sort of thing, right? Mm-hmm. But it's, man, they're, I think there's so much more going on there musically, right? And because I started listening to the second record as well, but just the growth from that first album to the second album, it's like, wow. You know, like these guys are really pushing the the envelope. So yeah, it's easy to write off the lyrics as like, okay, it's corny, it's silly, but you cannot overlook what they did for the genre and uh, of, of just metal and pushing things forward, you know? Definitely. Very influential. So is there anything else that he wanted to throw out about this record? I, I still, I can't believe we're talking about this. I, well, I, I honestly, I'm kind of disappointed it took this long because it's, okay. it's really a good record. I'm, I'm glad that I sat down with it and, you know, we, we've been talking off air, um, but we really need to start exploring more records like this. Yeah. See, that's another thing that I wanted to bring up with you. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned it. Now, you'll remember um, with our former co-host, Rock, he came up with that that um, album autopsy. Killer episodes he did, too. Know. Yeah, where we would go over, where we would speak to like a member of the band, just totally dissect that 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 one particular record and they made for really good really good interviews like I'm, I'll, I'll never forget you know s- staying within the new wave of British heavy metal that one episode where him and I we spoke to uh, Mark Gallagher from Raven for the all for one record which that's a time period if you were a Venom fan you were a Raven fan as well yeah you now, what's like, funny is they, I think I was more familiar with Raven than Venom at the time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's uh, Raven is another band that, you know, Metallica had all their records, you know, because the, they were such a big part of the new wave of British heavy metal as well. So do you have any, anything else from that? Because, okay, yeah, because I, th- I think... I think that would be a really good idea. Instead of doing all the bells and whistles and all that, let's just sit down, have a more casual conversation, maybe have, you know, not necessarily the um, anyone that produced or performed on the record, you know, any of the band members, but just other fans, you know, whoever, whoever, that this album had a really big impact on their lives and we'll have them on and you know let's just have, because that that's ultimately that's what podcasts are all about to like people just sitting down and yapping about their passions well yeah and this is <laughs> i know i have got a metric ton of albums over the last 40 years that i have an incredible passion for and i'm so glad we kind of started this concept with Welcome to Hell. Thank you so much. Heck yeah, man. That was a good time. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, it looks like we are kind of going in to extra innings. So I'm going to pass on this week's um, Indie Spotlight. But I do want to get into uh, 
Some uh, Venom-adjacent music, shall we? Venom, okay. First wave, black metal. Of course, Quarthon and Bathory were right in there, like right after them. I think the first Bathory record, 83, 83, and they both the first two Bathory albums, you know, like like Metallica, like Megadeth, like Venom, they popped up here in Canada on the Banzai label at the same time. Like, yeah, it was so cool. That, that time period was just amazing because finding new music is fantastic. Finding so much of it and being having access to it and not just not just a stream but an actual albums and all that it, it was just it was an absolutely amazing time and everyone you know in canada that grew up you know was was a banzai kid shall we say okay <laughs> never mind this millennial and generation x bullshit and all that were you a banzai kid yeah. Okay. You're cool. Have we ever done a Bonsai Bansai record um, episode? Uh well, I know, I know, Rock and I, we've we've talked about it so much. But I mean, uh, have we ever tried to do like a deep dive into the history of this label? Because the stuff that you're telling me right now, I'm finding really fascinating. That like 1984 Bonsai starts, and then all of a sudden you get all these records at once. Mm-hmm. Right. And the impact that that's going to have on a culture, you know, all of a sudden this stuff that you've only read about, this only import just poof hits everything. Right. Mm hmm. So, I guess I, I like I kind of want to like how how do we deep dive into these huh? into this? You know, we we do our research. I grab a fistful of albums, and 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 we just give her. <laughs> a wise man said, "Don't think, just throw." Well, okay. Yeah. Major League, the baseball movie. No, no I've seen it. it. It was Bull Durham. Oh yeah, no, I haven't seen Bull yeah. Durham. Oh, you have to yeah. see Bull Durham. No, because like, Durham. if you had been quoting Major League, I'm like, dude, I got that one all day long. Oh yeah, yeah, me too. I've seen that a lot of times. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, let's let's get in to uh, some of Venom's contemporaries here. From record number two, from the Immortal Bathory, R.I.P. Quarthon. God, that was a kick in the gut when he left us. This is Born for Burning.
The Shining Wizards is the greatest wrestling podcast of all time. Don't believe me? Tune in and check us out. We laugh, we cry, we interview some of the greatest people in professional wrestling, and we have some of the greatest segments of all time, including everyone's favorite wrestling game show, Can You Beat That? We're live 6.50 p.m. East on Monday nights on all social media platforms, and we're with you wherever you go on every single streaming and podcasting platform as well. Check us out. Go over to ShiningWizards.com and join us for some wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. G'day guys, my name is Thomas, one half of the Brocast podcast. With our podcast, we go back and watch wrestling events from WWE, WWF, WCW, ECW, AEW, and many other wrestling promotions. You can check us out on Twitter at the Brocast, that's T-H-E-B-R-O-K-A-S-T, and you can also download all episodes on Apple Podcast, CastBox, Castro, and many other podcast apps. What's up, everyone? When on the Shining Wizards Network, be sure to check out Wrestling Night in Canada. If we're not recording another kick-ass podcast, or playing in punk bands, or recording kick-ass heavy metal albums, then we're sitting back, we're grabbing a couple brews, and going over everything to do in the world of pro wrestling. Because we're from Winnipeg, you idiots.
That was a more newer fare from New Wave of British Heavy Metal Originals, Holocaust, the title track from the title track from the album The Elder. Um, actually, I believe that record's only a couple years old now. It's so good. Like it's so it's it's so cool. Like when you go down, you know, certain certain rabbit holes. Girl School, new album. Raven, new album. Holocaust, consistent, you know, o- over the years. Diamond Head, still killing it. All of these great new wave of British heavy metal bands still doing it. And Venom, you know, okay, there's there's two Venoms. There's Kronos' Venom, just straight up Venom. And then what we mentioned earlier, Venom Inc., so yeah, Venom slash Venom Inc. still, still doing it like it like this. Just it it warms an old rocker's heart, shall we say? And that's what this conversation did for me tonight uh, to get us on out of here. Trad Metalers Savaged have a new record, Night Stealer. Available now from the good folks at No Remorse Records. Let's go out with the track, I Will Fight. How can uh, people get a hold of us? Well, dear snowman, radioactivemetal.org. That's all the episodes, past, present, and future. Check us out there. We've got um, Apple Podcasts. We're on Spreaker, Stitcher, whatever else you can think of. Oh, you name it. Um, we're, we're all over the place there at red metal six, six, six. You see pictures on Instagram, facebook.com slash rad metal, um, for, well, for more pictures and such. Like, you know, when you talk about your geek halls, that's where everything goes. Mm-hmm. Oh, let's see here. Uh, rad metal six, six, six at gmail.com to drop us a line. And... Okay, I think I've got just about got everything. So then we're also on Spotify. And the reason we're on Spotify is thanks to the fine folks at the Shiny Wizards uh, Network, shinywizardsnetwork.com. We are proud members of that network. Um, great group of people, um, great podcasts, great shows. They even host our sister show, A Wrestling Night in Canada, mm-hmm. where the host sounds a lot like Snowy. Hmm, yeah, imagine that. I know it's weird, right? You know, mm-hmm. it's crazy. But yeah, yeah. So that's everything. So you know, come hang with us in the ones and the zeros. <laughs> right on, right on. Yeah, and um, doing doing a wrestling podcast. By the time you hear this, the new episode will have dropped, and that was recorded before. All the shit with Vince McMahon has gone down recently, but the next episode, okay, you definitely, if you heard about what's going on in the news and all that, next episode, we are going to do a very deep dive into that whole assorted story. So, uh, yeah, you're going to want to tune in to the Shining Wizards Network for that. In the meantime and in between time, that's it. This has been a very venomous episode of Radioactive Metal. I'm Snowy White. And this is Aaron.
Signing off.
You can drive on the 